Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael. We return to Horror on the Air Express for the Milan Vanali. Uh, I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us wherever they are. We greatly appreciate your listening ears. And so without further ado, I'm going to get to cast introductions. So to my right. Hi, this is Mike, and I'm playing James Robert Fraser, who's having a little bit of a crisis at the moment. Crises do happen. Um, if, if, if nothing else in the investigative lives can happen several times. To Mr. Fraser's right. Hi, I'm Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy. Her ladyship does not snort. She ingests. At the end of the table. Hi, this is Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith. And yesterday, I got the tar kicked out of me in a union fight. And today, I'm on my way to fight an evil wizard. Mm-hmm. That's a fascinating, fascinating uh, hallucination you're about to have. Uh, to Mr. Griffiths, right? Hi, I'm Miranda, and I play Maggie Bellinger. And I kind of wish we would have gotten to keep one of those costumes. It might have come in handy. That's a fantastic thought to have. It's a little late in the game for that now, but um, pat yourself on the back for a good thought. Uh, And last, most certainly not least. I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney. And uh, Richard's very much looking forward to a very good sleep. Well, uh, funny enough, um, Professor, you've just had one. Um, So the group had dosed down this last evening and had a very relatively peaceful night's sleep so for anyone wounded uh, you can under paul's care recover three hit points and anyone down magic points regains them at the rate of one per hour and so you get about seven to eight back unless you're gonna fight me on how late you'd sleep i will assume that you get about seven to eight hours of sleep mr fraser you wake to a knock at your door raise myself from my slumber uh, yes uh, who is it it's staff sir excuse me there is a message here for you one moment please get up put my dressing gown on and come to the door uh, good morning yes yeah. through a, a little bit of uh, bleary eyes you see a smartly dressed young man in a staff uniform for the hotel. And he extends to you a small platter, which there is a rather thick envelope on. Well, th- th- thank you very much. Uh, a moment, I'll, uh, I'll give you I'll give you a tip. Uh, he stands patiently. I'll find a few coins to, uh, to tip them with. He tips his hat to you. Uh, I'm uh, grazie. He heads back downstairs. 
see uh, if I recognize the handwriting on the envelope. No, you don't recognize the handwriting, but it is a feminine form. You can tell it's very well looped and there's some there's some definite care that's been placed in the writing. Is it um, postmarked? It is not postmarked. This could be. It says uh, to the party of Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy. Um, well, I, um, this will be for our leadership then, I dare say. Um, and I'll um, get myself dressed and uh, uh, tidied up a little bit and go and find her ladyship. You notice something while you're getting tidied up and kind of preparing to head out. You notice a scent on the envelope. And it's not one you smelled before. It is feminine. It's subtle. But there's, um, there's, a, there's something to it. It's quite refreshing. Oh, wow. <sighs> and I'll uh, head on out once uh, once I have uh, got myself smartened up to uh, my, my own satisfaction. Um, and uh, I will tap on the ladyship's door. Very well. Excuse me, uh, your ladyship, are, are you awake? Yes, Mr. Fraser, what is it? Uh, we have a missive, your ladyship. Uh, From whom? Uh, it doesn't say, but I, I believe uh, uh, it is a female hand. One moment. I'll very reluctantly get up, um, massaging my aching knees after all of the walking from yesterday, and uh, grab my, my cane and go to the door. Pass, um, Lady Elizabeth, the, the envelope. So it is addressed to the party, uh, your ladyship, but uh, I thought it would best if uh, you yourself would uh, open it. Yes, well, it does have my name on it, so I'll gently open it. Mm-hmm. You see a rather uh, long-form letter inside. It's more than a page. Uh, there are some other paper items tucked within it. But just pulling out the envelope, you can tell that it, it's addressed to you. But straight away, the writer gets directly to thanking Mr. Fraser for all of his assistance. It seems it's penned by the hand of Isabel, the uh, woman that looks after her apartment, Miss Cavallero's housekeeper. She tells a rather fraught tale of Anthony coming back from looking into the disappearance, having gone to the residence of a man named Conti last night. There was a shootout. She says that it's likely to make the papers. Conti was killed. Anthony was wounded. But it seems that they've recovered some bits of evidence, and she's passing them on to you in this letter uh, rather than showing up personally because she's afraid for her life. Did she mention anything about Miss Cavallero herself? No, there's no mention uh, of her having been found. There's definitely a weight to the letter that she's still missing. 
so a couple of things that get included along with the letter are a copy of the Orient Express arrival schedule with Milan Circle. And there is also a name penned directly nearby, Focaccia. At the end of it, in a postscript, uh, Isabel asks if you would go to the opening night in her stead. There are five tickets here for you and your party. Um, because if, if Miss Cavallero is not going to be in attendance, if she does not make the opera, Isabel hopes that people who care for her will be there in her stead. Well, Mr. Fraser, it seems Mr. Conti is dead, but they have not found Miss Cavallero yet. Uh, Well, I have to say uh, I uh, will shed no tears over Mr. Conti's demise, but uh, yes, it is somewhat uh, somewhat disturbing that uh, as yet no sign of uh, Miss Cavallero. We have been invited to attend the opening night this evening, and I'll hand him the tickets. How can they open without her? I don't know. Perhaps she has an understanding. I dare say, but it won't be the same. No, but uh, Isabel is most insistent that we attend. I think we should maybe spend the day searching out any possible leads as to uh, where she might be before th- before this evening. I... Of course. I'll hand Fraser the letter and the evidence that Isabel sent as well. Let's see if you can okay. decipher anything further. Of course, your ladyship, of course. Can I get you some breakfast? Tea and toast, thank you. Very well. I'll I'll have someone bring something up for you as soon as possible. Just a glance on your way out the door, Mr. Fraser. Uh, You notice that the tickets are for the main floor. The seats, given your somewhat familiarity with the opera, these seats are located directly behind the orchestra. So, front row of the stalls? That's right. Excellent. Oh, these are extremely good seats. It makes sense, given if they're from where they're from, it's likely that she probably has an array of seats that she can simply gather. Katerina, that is. And they probably were gathered some time ago. Uh, Yes, well, he's going to stand for a moment, looking at the letter, reading it, rereading it, and then he's going to go um, and look out uh, Mr. Griffith. Okay. Play through, gentlemen. Tap on the door. Excuse me, uh, Mr. Griffith, are, are you awake in there? I'm awake. We have received a, a letter from uh, young Miss Isabel. It contains some very interesting information. I, I thought you uh, you might like to see it. Oh, come on in, sir. Let's take a look at it. So I'll, I'll head in and then uh, pass him the letter. Yeah. Looks handwritten. It's in a fairly well, it's fairly well written English, actually. 
Do we know how Anthony is doing? Uh, Anthony is uh, is wounded, apparently. I would imagine he's been taken to the hospital, possibly under police guard. However, something strikes me as a little odd, as a matter of fact, about this letter. The English in it is, is very good. It's very literate. Now, if I recall, Miss Isabel, though she did have some grasp of the language... The phraseology here that I'm reading just seems a little little beyond her, her skills. And uh, this this perfume. You smell the perfume on this. It's, it's a very fine it's a very fine scent. And what would a housekeeper be doing with such a fine scent? Something something not quite a something not quite right about this. Something something jars with this letter. I think we're gonna need to investigate what's happened. Obviously we received the letter. I'm sure this will make the news, but we should get a paper. We can ask around. But I had some other ideas, too. Oh, yes? We are going to be approaching a potential dangerous situation in the form of uh, Okachi, correct? Either him or his men. I dare say he has has people. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it sounds like his people may be associated with the black shits, right? Well, I'm possibly. I'm, I'm not entirely sure if this is uh, quite as closely related to the black shirts as, as we thought at first, bearing in mind what we saw in that in that warehouse and what uh, what Peter told us. But he could be using them as you know that they, they would be cheap labor. Yes, I dare say he is. A, he's a man of some influence, and uh, well, when palms are greased, uh, backs are turned. If necessary, to get closer, do you think we might need to acquire a couple of these black shirt uniforms? I'm sure the people wearing them won't miss it. If you'll forgive me, I uh, um, I understand where where you're going with this, but uh, I would be reluctant. To, uh, to wear that particular uniform. I'm not saying it's our choice, but sometimes you have to cover yourself as you move in. It is always our choice, Mr. Griffith. Uh, don't get me wrong, I understand what you're driving at, but uh, I choose to be myself at all times. Maggie, you wake up with a terrible itch. Where? On your stomach. Oh, that's strange. Um, I'd probably scratch it, and if it keeps itching, maybe go to the mirror to look. Maybe it's a rash, or... You scratch, and you realize that one hand won't do. You start scratching your stomach, and when you get to the mirror, still a little bit sleepy, you realize that there's a grapefruit-sized rash on your stomach. Ooh. And it is really uncomfortable. Well, oh, that's unsightly. Um, can we? I'm assuming we can. We call between rooms. I don't. I don't know what the hotel technology of the time is. Well, telephony technology in Europe and in Great Britain at the time is way for way more far advanced than it was in the U.S. Just because of the distance, so. 
I, I'd say given the type of hotel you're staying in, especially the fact that it has a lift, probably has phones in the room. Okay. I would probably try to call Paul to my room then, mm-hmm. um, rather than getting dressed and going to find him. You hear Paul's voice pick up the phone. Yes, who is it? Paul, it's um, Maggie. Um, I woke up with a terrible rash on my stomach. Would you be able to come look at it? It's oh my! It's large. Um, certainly. Let me get my bag. Oh, okay. Richard, very similarly, you wake up with a terrible itch. Where is Richard's itch? That's a great question. Center chest pectoral area. Yeah, uh, it's it it covers a probably a, twice the size of your fist. It's pretty large. Okay. Um, so Richard will have a look at it and see if he can work out what it is. It's a checkerboard rash. Hmm. Well, that's strange. I wonder if, um, hmm. Perhaps I should find Paul. Richard will start to dress. Okay. You hear a few footsteps down the hallway and then eventually, Maggie, there's a knock on your door. Um, yeah, uh, you can just come in, Paul. He opens the door and pokes his head in. Uh, you'll have to excuse my um, n- nightwear. I just, I assumed it, it's on my stomach and I assumed it would be easier. Oh, oh no, that, that's, all, that's all right. Um, he kind of straightens his jacket. I'm, I'm certain we'll, we'll get through it better than the last time. <laughs> he goes and sits down by the bed. Um, Professor, y- your room is not terribly far from Maggie's room. And you start hearing the burble of voices between two rooms. One is definitely male and one is definitely feminine. In fact, you're fairly certain it's Maggie's voice. You're not sure who the other person is. Yeah, Richard will just, um, we'll assume that he's in a state of mainly dressed and he'll just poke his head out the door to see what's going on. Yeah, there's a couple of voices coming from Maggie's room. Well, this itch is terrible. Ah. Um, so Richard will get a pair of slippers, uh, pop them on, and uh, mm-hmm. just sort of walk around and knock on the door. Oh, um... Yeah. Well, one moment you hear Paul's voice from inside. It, it's he, um, me, Richard. Oh, oh come in, Professor. <laughs> Richard will walk he in. Turns back to Maggie. <laughs> oh, um, just um, come in and face the wall, would you? Um, I'm just finishing up. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, Maggie, Good Paul morning. puts a like a like a cream on your stomach it feels really good it feels cooling and soothing he, he applies it very we'll say technically mm-hmm. <laughs> you can tell that he's it's he's he's following a recipe it seems uh, paul do you have any do you, do you have any idea what this is is everything all right professor oh uh hi richard uh, yes morning morning um it's it's a rash of some sort. It must be. How did you get it? How did you know? No, oh, wait, uh, no what? Wait, do you have ah? Uh, I no, my I, I have a rash, Richard. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so what do I? It's um just uh just above my sternum. Really? Her Paul's instantly interested. Mine's on my stomach. Who? Um, you can see Richard sort of thinking about what what have we both touched. I I wonder what that is. Um, 
Uh, okay, you, you should be perfectly um, set there, Miss Bellinger, if you'd give me just a moment. He uh, goes into his bag and grabs like a, a rag and then goes to the water bay, the basin nearby and washes his hands. And then afterwards turns to you, Professor. Would you like me to put some cream on that? Um, yes, if you have some, that would be uh, it's a good idea, I think. Certainly. Uh, what were the two of you doing yesterday? Well, largely walking around a theatre. Hmm. Do you think something was on those... Uh, we, we put on costumes. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, yes, that could be it. Hmm. How strange. I mean... Hmm. Richard, he has you uh, lift your shirt up. He puts this mint-scented cream on you. Now, the two of you will smell a little bit like a medicine cabinet for the rest of the day, but hopefully the itching will subside. Maggie would have also maybe put a robe on. I'm certainly, certainly she would have done something. She's remaining decent, we know that. Mm-hmm. Other than the doctor inviting other men into her room, it's very different, but uh, Paul finishes up and, and says, I, uh, I'm gonna go, uh, I guess get breakfast. Would you two like anything? Um, well, I suppose we could wander down. Hmm. Yes, we can, we can come down with you, Paul. Great. Wonderful. He closes his bag up and walks towards the door. Um, well, um, I'll, I'll, let me put something on. Certainly. Come, Professor. Uh, yes, I should finish dressing as well, really. I'm, uh, I'm most of the way there, but not, uh, not, not quite and Richard will toot light. I'll see you in a minute. Wonderful. The investigators who are downstairs, who are eating breakfast, I know that Simon mentioned getting a paper. So Simon, while you're reading through the paper, there is something that you come across. It's fairly specific, and it's something that you would notice. Okay. Uh, this, of course, would be the English paper. Certainly, because there are English papers. They do have them here. You key in on it because it talks about Cavallero's disappearance. And as you're reading through it, it talks about uh, the music director of La Scala. He's announcing that uh, Aida would open tonight. And it will be the understudy, Maria Dimitina, that will appear in the title role. Because as of current, no one knows where Miss Caterina Cavallero is. And then if there's other things that you see in there that you might want to point out, go right ahead. So are we all downstairs or... Everyone except Lady Elizabeth. Okay. Um, Mr. Fraser, um, Miss Maggie, Professor, I think you all might want to see this. What do you have there, Mr. Griffith? Apparently, uh, Aida is opening tonight with the understudy... uh, uh, Mrs. DiMartina. Apparently there was a ghost voice last night and other unnatural occurrences. And there are people getting injured or fallen ill on the set. With bad omens, apparently. Hmm. Well. That's, that's unusual. Um, does anybody... What do you, what do you make? Oh, I do beg your pardon, Professor. Please continue. 
I was just going to ask, um, does, does anybody else have any um, um, dermatological complaints this morning, or? No. Dermata who's a what's a what's? Um, like a, an itch, then just some bed bugs or something like that. Yes, like a um a rash. No, why do you ask? No, no, sir. Uh, well, we both um woke up with rashes this morning um after being at the theater. I believe the hotel might have some sort of infestation. I can certainly speak to the staff. We weren't sure if it came from here or possibly from our time spent at the theater. If if there is a curse of some sort and people have been falling ill, I wonder if one of those curses is a rash of some sort that me and Richard have contracted. I've moved my chair closer to Mr. Fraser. Are you sure it's not just fleas, Miss Ballinger? Fleas from what? The, the, from, well, I mean, these, these places are notorious for uh, in- insect life. <laughs> well, I don't think it would be concentrated in one area. Mine, I have this large rash on my stomach, and Richard, I believe yours is on your chest? Uh, yes, yes, quite. Perhaps they've got into your clothes or something. But... You know fleas don't leave rashes like that. You remember the trenches. They don't leave big patches. I, I, I do remember the trenches, Mr. Griffith, yes. Oh, now, now, I don't know. It could be, well, I'm going to say it's not been too wet. You weren't sleeping in a bed, so it ain't ringworm. My bed was fine. Do you think there's something going on, Miss Miss Ballinger, Miss, uh, Miss Professor? Do you think there's something supernatural going on? Well, I don't know what's supernatural about a rash, but... No. It, well, there does seem to be strange things afoot at the theater. People were falling ill. We thought it was simply because of the pieces of the statue. Why would that be? Because it was being kept at the theater. And do you think that the mere fact of a piece of the uh, simulacrum being kept at the theater would cause people to fall ill? Well, if you remember in the cave, there was weird plant life a- around it, and then that the plant life died and and so it's possible that people that come into contact with it at the theater could also be having symptoms. Now you mention it, Miss Ballinger, I do recall that do you remember the doctor his 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 daughter, she had some kind of skin complaint, did he did she not? On her arm? Yes. You think it's connected? Where are your rashes at? If I can ask, I don't want to see it. Uh, well, mine is on my stomach, as I said, and Richard's is on his chest. Yes, just just here, above, above my sternum. So yours are in the same location, all this. Y- yes, uh, well, the torso and the um, the piece of the simulacrum that possibly was at the theater. We believe it was being kept as a mannequin, so it would make sense if it was the torso. Yeah, it could be an arm, we don't know, but it, it could be a torso. Well, but the thing is, Professor, for mannequins, for dressmakers, dummies, they use torsos. They're not stressing the arms as much. They do the uh, they do the semen, the... Uh, what is the term? I, you know, where they uh, do your cuffs and all that? Um, they do that 
after it's off the mannequin and put on the person to determine the length. Isn't that right, Mr. Fraser? Well, I'm not a seamstress myself, Mr. Griffith, but uh, uh, I believe that a certain amount of the needlework is is done whilst the uh, for fittings and so forth is done on the actual person. But the, th- the torso itself, the main body of the thing, is done on a mannequin at first. Well, I, I, yes, I, I believe they have some some sort of um, uh, mannequin that, that they hang the uh, the garment on in in order to uh, to sew it and to, to that sort of thing. Uh, do you think that the, the the costumes that these people are are wearing, these these actors and singers are wearing, that has been have been fitted on the uh, on the mannequin, uh, are somehow I don't know infected, uh, and, and the mannequin itself is part of the simulacrum? Is that what you're implying? I'm implying that. The mannequin, the torso was used as a mannequin. We're seeking the torso per the scrolls. Well, I mean, I suppose if if, if that if that is the case, if there is a, a connection there between the, these these complaints and and uh, and the uh, the piece of the simulacrum itself, then that would make sense, I, I suppose. Well, but the we... simulacrum is no longer there at the theater. I don't know. I'm just wondering if it, there's something. Contagion, maybe residual. Exactly. Some residual effects of having it there. That's quite possible. Well, I mean, this is all very well, but what what would be the solution to this? I mean, where does this lead us? I mean, we certainly can't uh, ask all the uh, members of the opera to remove their garments and, and dispose of them. Um, and if you say that the uh, there was one of these um, mannequins missing, and we believe that this might be the uh, the item that we are actually seeking. Then I suppose we have to, we would need to track that down and, and find where it is. I don't suppose you had any uh, have any leads, any clues as to where what might have become of it, where it might have been taken. I do wonder if the Arturo Focacci fellow, if he possibly had something to do with it. That is the point at which Lady E comes downstairs. Ah, still breakfasting, are we? Mr. Fraser stands and uh, draws back a, a chair for her ladyship. Grounded, everyone. How are you feeling this morning, Lady Elizabeth? Any ailments? Only the usual ones. Crashes? That's hardly an appropriate question to ask, especially in mixed company. Uh, well, it is uh, fitting for the case as... Uh, mixed company currently have rashes. Both of my eyebrows slowly go up towards my towards my hairline. Mr. Fraser's cheeks get redder and redder. Um, uh, myself and Richard seem to have contracted something. A, a minor dermatological ailment. <laughs> well, what you do in your free time is yours, I suppose. Well, I believe it was from when we were costuming at the at the opera. Ah, is that what they're calling it these days? I've heard of such things in Berlin, but I suppose perhaps it's reached Milan as well. Yes, it's all the rage to don costumes um, backstage at the opera so that you can sneak around. Sneak around and obtain rashes, apparently. Apparently. Uh, so we're, we're trying to figure out if this is connected. Oh, um, uh, um... Show uh, uh, Lady Elizabeth that we found a news article. Show me what? We think that the it may have to do with this newspaper article here. 
I look visibly relieved. Ah, newspapers. Yes, calm, reasonable newspaper. Along with this article, there are other articles in the newspaper that would likely catch the um, Lady Elizabeth's eye. One of them includes a, um, a gentleman named Conti, uh, whom you had some knowledge of as of yesterday, and his potential part in a ritual that was played out in one of the warehouses here in Milan. The paper is reporting that he died in a violent shootout at his house. Well, that lines up with the letter, I suppose. Indeed. Um, your ladyship, I was I was thinking about this letter and um, uh, Mr. Griffith and I spoke to uh, the, the housekeeper, uh, Isabel. Um, her English was not particularly good. And this letter seems to be written in uh, quite a fine hand. And the, uh, the diction, the, uh, the phraseology is uh, quite advanced. Uh, and I don't know if you noticed, but there is a, there is a, a scent to the, uh, the paper. Um, and it strikes me that it is uh, somewhat, uh, well, not, not to sound vulgar, but uh, a rather expensive uh, perfume for somebody of her social standing uh, to be using on a, on a letter. I have a very strong suspicion that uh, Miss Isabel did not write this letter, that this is some some kind of uh, lure for uh, for us. So you think we're walking into a trap? I do, I, as it goes. I do. Any ideas as to who might be perpetuating such a trick? Well, now, um, what I'm about to say might sound somewhat fanciful and uh, <clears throat> I don't want wish anybody to be uh, alarmed um, but uh, I think we're the, all very uh, much past alarmed Mr. Fraser well I, I've been thinking on what we saw yesterday what we found and, and the uh, uh, the encounter that we had with uh, this, this fellow Peter and uh, what he told us of, of the uh, I want to use the word Ritual ceremony? I, I don't really know what to call it, that, that took place in, in the warehouse. And it strikes me that if there is a some sort of connection between this man Conti and Mr. Focaccia, uh, and if they are indulging in, uh, in, I don't know, rituals which um, remove an organ from one person uh, and... Uh, transplant it into into another then is it not possible that Mr. Focaccia seeks to in his hubris remove the voice from Signorina Cavallero and place it into the body of another this understudy that's my concern, yes. Now, it sounds ridiculous when you say it out loud, but... No, it doesn't. It actually makes quite a bit of sense. But uh, why would they wish us to attend? What What is the point if they are 
already proceeding with drawing us there. And also, what is to gain from that? What did Mrs. Caviero do to wrong someone? It's quite... Well, I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's specifically what she might have done to wrong it, but maybe avarice on the part of the uh, this man. Maybe, maybe he has some connection with uh, with this understudy, um, Signorina de Matina, it is. Maybe she is related to him in some way. Um, maybe she is in his thrall, under his control or something, and, and uh, he would have in his hands a voice uh, as fine, or not, if not finer, than uh, one of the greatest sopranos it has been my privilege to hear sing. It's two things, Mr. Fraser. It's control. And power is control. He wishes to control this voice. Because he loves the opera, he could not control Miss Cavallero. Maybe he can control this Dimatina? Perhaps. And, and with it, fame and, I don't know, power. But the other thing I'm wondering about, we're talking about moving voices. What if he's moving himself into a body of either Mrs. Cavallero or Dimatina? Maybe he wants to be the one to sing. Mm-hmm. Double transfer, as it were. Yes. I, 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 don't, I don't really, to be honest, even know how, how to react to that. I, I suppose anything is possible. Fraser, you know, medicine is moving forward. I'm sure people are going to be able to transplant stuff sometime. This is not my field. I'm sure the professor with his math can tell us more about this. I'm not, not much of a biologist, I'm afraid. More on the... Um... Um, theoretical mathematics and physics sort of side of things, really, but... um... We do have a doctor in training with us who could perhaps speak to such things. Yes, I'm I'm literally gesturing at Paul. We all look at Paul. We're not really talking about medicine here, though, are we? We're talking about black magic. I, I don't know about... Black magic, Mr. Fraser, but I I do know what is likely possible. And I can tell you in all of my medical studies, bodily transference is not on the menu, so to speak. It, it simply isn't. But do you think it could happen in the future? I, I, I mean... Depending on medical advancements, anything could happen in the future. But I don't, with with all due respect, sir, I don't, I don't know how that helps you here. No, I think you're quite right, Paul. I think I think this is something that goes beyond. I can't believe I'm saying this. It's something that goes beyond known science, even future science. This is something else. This is something quite different. Now, whether whether this man wishes to place himself into the body of a woman and and, and sing with the voice of uh, another woman uh, just to fulfill some sort of sick, twisted dream or ambition. That's another thing. But whatever it is he's doing, if if, if we believe it is him indeed that is doing this, 
We need to stop him. That's what we should focus on. Well, he's a... He's part of this community, isn't he? He lives here. Um, I mean, if you don't mind my suggestion, perhaps you just go and knock on his door and find out what's what. I mean, if half of this is true, I'm not entirely sure I'd want to knock on his door, but um, I don't know. Well, we have to do something. We can't just sit here and and drink tea and, and, and talk round in circles all day. Well, um... Miss Cavalera is is in in danger, as as I see it. And the more time we spend prevaricating, the uh, the more the more likely is she, she she is to come to some harm. Well, perhaps we should go and see this this person. And um, it's I mean, Maggie, we were, we were looking for the um this mannequin, the the arm or the torso or whatever it is, and um, perhaps he has it. It's no longer at the theatre, is it? No, it's it's not. It had been moved, and I think that his place of residence is the first place we should look. It seems the most reasonable, after all. Yes. Yes, we should do it. Fraser, regardless of everything else, Miss D. Matina, she will probably be at the Opera House. Correct? Now, just now, you mean? There's the opera house there. There's also Mr. Focacci. Um, he is coming in on this train. Is that what we have on the schedule? We don't know. All, all we have is a, a, a schedule, um, a time circled, and the name Focacci written on, on it. Is there a date on the schedule? All right, so the this is something that could be investigated too just wondering but I have a feeling the reason why we are being invited to the opera is to flaunt uh, Miss Cavallero's voice to us coming from someone else and knowing that he's already won and we can do nothing about it that was my thinking as well so I think we are on a time limit I think that was uh, maybe it, it was this man throwing down the gauntlet to us saying you've got until tonight I think so I, I think we should leave then as soon as we've had another pot of tea um, we should uh, we should make haste very well the streets of Milan are the same sort of dour hushed tones as you'd seen them a few days before uh, it's fairly clear that um, Benito Mussolini's rule here is continuing to have an oppressive feel over the people but all the same, when you knock on the apartment's door, Isabel appears, although she seems a little bit concerned when she opens the door. Oh, uh, Miss uh, Isabel, um, do you, you may remember uh, Mr. Yes, yes. Uh, Mr. Fraser? Come, come in, come in. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Mr. Fraser, when you enter the foyer, the receiving portion of the apartment here, there is a loaded rifle against the wall. Uh, like within grasp. You, um, you seem to be taking some serious precautions here. Miss. Uh, you hear someone walking from the living room into this space. Uh, they seem to be a little bit off pace. And you see a limping 
Uh, Officer Carabella limps into view. He nods to both of you. She shuts the door. Officer, uh, are you all right? You're wounded. Have you seen a doctor? He's not in uniform. Uh, He has just a regular black slacks on. You can tell that he's likely been wounded in the thigh. There's a, there's a, a fairly fresh wrap all over it, and then he's just wearing a, a white shirt in fairly good English, as you remember from before. Uh, he says, uh, Anthony came and saw me at the police station. He felt that he needed help. Uh, yes, yes. Um, he, had, uh, he had intentions uh, with uh, a certain Mr. Conti. I take it you, uh, you know all about that, then. You were involved in the altercation. I was, uh, of the record. Of course, uh, of course. And, and Anthony, we, we understand he's he's been wounded. Is 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 he... How is he? Come see him for yourself, if you'd like. He's here. Uh, Strong as an ox, but wounded. Very well. Uh, come along, Mr. Griffith. That is, um, Shall we ask about the letter? Uh, y- y- yes, 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 yes. Um, let, let us see Anthony first. All right. You guys step into the main space there, which seems to have been slightly converted a little bit. Uh, Anthony is laying on a couch with uh, a couple of other pieces of furniture nearby that have uh, <laughs> a rather strange array of uh, bottles of water, like a, like actual serving water, and then bottles of wine. He seems to be um, trying to his best to recuperate. Anthony, I, I, what happened? Oh, <laughs> yes, uh, uh, Mr. Fraser, how are you? I am. I am perfectly well, sir. You, though, uh, I think uh, you've been wounded. Your your name is in the papers. Uh. You can see he's got a heavy bandage around his stomach, and uh, he is also bandaged on the right arm. Gentlemen, have you seen doctors? Uh, we we, uh, we have a young a young gentleman with us who has uh, medical training who, who can look to your wounds if you need it. Uh, we have seen a doctor. Uh, you hear off of the officer behind you say, he's been by, he's done our bandages. I see, I see. Um, officer Carabello sits down very gingerly. Well, I uh, I, I gather the, there was a, a scene at uh, with Mr. Conti and uh, he is now, well, no longer with us. No, you see Anthony pick up the bottle of wine and he says, to the depths of hell with him. And he drinks pretty heartily from the bottle of wine. I'll drink to you with that. And uh, your friend is uh, is avenged. Hmm. Indeed, and one step closer to finding Miss Katarina, I think. Yes. Although, I, I must admit, I, I think I'm going to have to sit this one out. Of course, uh, of course, uh, you are. You have done more than enough. Uh, we we came not only to check on your condition, Anthony, uh, but uh, also regarding a letter we have received. A letter that purports to be from uh, Miss Isabel here, but I have my doubts. Mm. You hear the officer behind you kind of hum. Angelo stands back up. She had me write it. Ah, I see, I see. I apologize if the um, handwriting isn't good enough. 
I have no, no, it is, it is very good. Um, it was the perfume. It was throwing us off. Oh, uh, <laughs> he laughs. Um, Isabel, um, it is something that she always does. In her letters, when she would write them and send them to Miss Cavallero, you hear Anthony say from the couch, she would always put uh, one of um, Miss Cavallero's uh, perfumes on them to remind her when she was away. I understand. I, I, I had I had leaped to uh, an incorrect conclusion uh, based on the uh, the command of the English language uh, contained in the letter and uh, and also the, the perfume itself. Uh, yeah, do forgive me. Oh no, no. Uh, uh, but she wanted me to write the letter. Angelo says because, well, the English, of course. But secondly, because she was concerned that if it looked like it had come too much directly from her. That the black shirts, mm, they, they may have come for the house. What happened last night? Uh, we tracked Conte to his villa. And myself, Anthony, and three other men took on at least a dozen. It, it, didn't, it didn't start as a shootout, but that's how it ended. I tried to reason... I tried to talk with him, the officer says. I didn't want any part of the fighting. I'd seen too much of it already. But Conti left me no choice. I, I, from what I understand of, of, of the, uh, the circumstances, uh, I believe the man was beyond reason. He raved. He said things I, I, I won't even utter. And so when... He finally showed himself near the front door. Pistol in hand, I put him down. And this uh, this timetable with the name written on it, what does that mean? We, we did not understand. I don't either, um, unfortunately, but uh, the he kept it in his desk. And it has this focaccia name on it. He, does, he doesn't live too far from the... Uh, main outskirts of town. He has a very beautiful apartment. No, um, well, not to put too fine a point on it, we believe that this man, Focaccia, is, is connected not only with the, uh, the Conti affair, but also mm. with the disappearance of uh, Miss Cavallero. Truly? Aye, aye, we do. Aye. We believe he has... Uh, he, we believe he has a some sort of scheme to uh, to supplant Miss Cavallero with uh, with another in, in her stead. Uh, this uh, this understudy um, that is uh, due to be going on in her place that we read of in the newspaper. Uh, hmm. I can't mind her name off the top of my head, but uh, I, I don't know if perhaps perhaps you know of her. Di Martina. Di Martina. Yes, that's it. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Griffith. Yes, um, I do not follow the opera. Anthony pipes up. I've heard her sing. She's a fair singer, yes. No one can replace Katerina, of course. But she's a fine singer. She would do reasonable in the role. They could replace Miss Caballero if they had her voice, though. How would they do that? I threw Mr. Griffith a very sharp glance. You mean like the thing we've seen in the, ho in the warehouse? Yes. He starts shaking his head furiously. I told you, sir, no more talk of that in this house. 
Angelo make the officer makes the sign of the cross. Let us put it this way. From what we understand, uh, this man has uh, a an abiding interest in the opera. We believe that he may, in his... I don't even know how to put it. We, we believe that he may, in his fevered imagination, believe that he can somehow bring another to replace Miss Cavallero and... and bring fame to himself we, we don't even know his exact motives I'm, I'm not even sure that they are entirely sane or reasonable but uh, I don't know do, do you know if this uh, this understudy this uh, singer is, has, has some any connection to him mm-hmm. not directly uh, officer Caballero speaks up and he says I do know that one time Boccaccio tried to by the production company for the opera. This was years ago. And he was refused, uh, I'm presuming. Uh, perhaps this is some sort of revenge. Possibly. Well, it is our intention to find out, if we can, whether Miss Cavallaro is whether Miss Cavallero is being held at his apartment um, and if she is extricate her from his clutches well um, I I wish you Godspeed I, I think the two of us are going to need to mend for a bit of course well and you have some protection here I see and of course you have the the good Isabel to tend to you. Mm, yes. Yes, uh, I'm surprised she's not coming with the broom to beat me to sit down. Yeah. Angelo sits back down. Well, we won't take up any more of your time, but uh, thank you very much indeed for, for for the help you've given us. And we will, of course, uh, let you know how things turn out. But mm. It seems time is of the essence. Indeed. Um if this is all supposed to happen, if if we cannot find her before the beginning of Aida, if you can't, he seems to impress further. Perhaps people will forget her. No, not while there's breath in these lungs, sir. I will not forget her. Very well. Then good luck. And to you, Mr. Griffith, shall we? Yes, sir. Where are the two of you going to go? I think the first thing we want to do is we want to go back and let the others know what we found out, just to sort of set their minds at rest about the uh, the misunderstanding about the the letter, uh, okay. if nothing else. Getting back to the hotel is pretty simple. It's not too far. It's actually like three blocks from the hotel. So um, you find them upstairs. Ah, well, it seems that uh, we uh, we mistook the uh, the letter somewhat. Uh, uh, a a young officer uh, of the uh, police force that we had the great pleasure of making uh, the acquaintance of uh, wrote this letter on uh, on Miss Isabel's behalf. 
Um, so it is not, as we thought, a, a trap or any of that, uh, of that, anything of that nature. Young, uh, young Anthony is uh, as well as can be expected. Uh, there was indeed um, something of a an, an altercation. Shots were fired. Um, they unfortunately do not know any more about this this, this timetable than uh, than we do. But it seems to me quite clear that there is uh, a connection, a strong connection between Focaccia and Conti and whatever his intentions, we have little time to act. So we should decide what we want to do and put it into effect without any delay. Do you think it would be um, best then to... um storm storm the castle approaches residence now or um my thought was later he will be out at the opera and perhaps that would be the perfect opportunity for some of us to enter his residence and have a little peek about but will it not be too late by then will he not have already done what he intends to do by the time the opera comes professor courtney i honestly cannot believe that I am saying this, but the contraption that you use, would it be possible for you to be able to find some way of seeing into this man's apartment without being seen or perhaps even without going there? Uh, um, well, yeah, yes, absolutely, but... um. I, 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 I have to confess, you are the last person I would have expected to suggest such a thing. Desperate times call for desperate measures, Professor, and I am a desperate man. Are you sure you're okay? Mr. Fraser does not answer that question. You, you, well, I, um, I mean, where, where is his residence? Is it, is it close by? Officer Carvel would have given you uh, that he, that, Fukachi keeps a fairly large-sized manse, uh, not far, just a couple of kilometers northeast, in uh, in a very elegant section of Milan. He is uh, purported to be a rather rich businessman, well known. Well, I mean, we'd have to. Um... We'd have to get closer. I'm not quite sure I could uh, do something from that distance. Um, yes. I, I don't know. Perhaps we should take a look and see what um, what opportunities pre- present themselves. But, uh, yes. Right. Very well. Perhaps a, uh, a cautious observance of the uh, of the house in the first instance. Okay. I mean, it's possible there would be a, a, a cafe or, or or somewhere that um, maybe a few of us could sit and I could uh, uh, engage the device there, um, you know, with some people around to uh, uh, obscure our activities. Uh, but I'm afraid if the uh, it's an apartment on a street, a busy street with nowhere to, to, to set down, that it, it may prove more troublesome. Well, there are other ways of observing uh, a situation. Than from the street. 
Ah, yes, but you wish me to use the device, and I can hardly um, sort of pop it on my face in the middle of a, uh, a, a busy uh, street. That would be, um, yes, most unwise. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I was uh, rather more meaning from a, a slightly higher vantage point. Um, do explain. The rooftops, Professor Courtney. Ah. Yes. That would work well if he was in a uh, an apartment closer to the top of the building as well. A distance is a thing, you know. A distance is, as you say, a thing. A consideration. I see your point. Um, another possibility that uh, presents itself to me is if there was perhaps an empty apartment uh, across the street um, or nearby that uh, we could uh, use as a vantage point. Or possibly a sewer. If, if, if he's closer to the bottom of the apartment complex, then yes. Yes, maybe we can come in from underneath. I don't think he said it was an apartment complex. I believe this is a manse. Ah, sorry, I, I misunderstood. I, I, I believe he said uh, apartment, but... Um, right, okay. And well, I... Yes, I either would... Um, but you can see the professor deep in thought. Neither would suffice, I suppose. So this is... Probably... Wald. You know, he, he's probably got a garden or something with Let's a wall a around it. He's probably got walls around his whole thing. We have an address. We have a map of the city. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to get out the uh, the map that I've procured when we first arrived and see Certainly. if I can find the address and see what the area looks like. Oh, it is not terribly far from La Scala. And for you, it's just a, for maybe a couple of kilometers, honestly. I mean, Mr. Fraser, I, I might propose, I mean, uh, we're coming up for perhaps uh, time for tea at Elevensies. Um, we could God. take a, take a stroll and um, uh, just, just see what's going on there anyway. I mean, there's uh, um, no substitute for seeing the thing in, uh, in real life. I do agree with the professor that we should take a stroll, but no more tea. Well, what do you have against tea, man? I have nothing against tea, but if we had a choice, or if the professor had his choice, we'd be drinking tea until the opera started. And this is an issue in what sense? Yes, I think if we were going to get the lay of the land, we are indeed going to have to take a little stroll up to the uh, Giardini... What is it? The Giardini Villa Reale? Indeed, something like that. Well, it seems to be right next to the public gardens there, that Giardini Publici. Uh, yes, yes. I believe we at least would be safe in being around the area if it's Publici. Indeed, if we're to take a, a stroll around the public gardens, that would not raise any eyebrows, no, would it? I think that would be perfect. Only if I was carrying Mr. Thompson. Well, Mr. Thompson is... Uh, uh, is not available for comment at the time this time is he no. so you're going to go take a stroll around the gardens in hopes of uh, doing a little uh, say sightseeing Recky. recon absolutely alright so just two of you three of you four of you five of you I would enjoy a stroll around the gardens I say Maggie do you fancy a stroll who wouldn't like a little fresh air 
All right. So the, the group of you set out in um, probably a good 10 minutes or so. Find yourselves in the public garden areas here near Milan. There are some beautiful houses, uh, a lot of uh, neo-Renaissance and a lot of Italian Renaissance style buildings. And quite a few of them are uh, clearly tended. And uh, quite a few of them also have you know, all sorts of bustling activity as staff prepare uh, meals or take out garbage or that sort of thing. Uh, but the gardens themselves seem to be mostly frequented by people who live in the area. So you definitely get the feeling that um, the people who use the gardens are far more closer to, say, Lady Elizabeth's level of status than anyone else. There's a lot of fine clothes here. Um, there's a lot of, you know, uh, fine umbrellas and parasols. And and um, even the strollers are for, for children are <laughs> well-appointed. So we must stick out like a whole handful of sore thumbs. I would say that three of you certainly probably do. Yes. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I meant us as a group. <laughs> Well, we a don't, gaggle. We don't necessarily all have to go in, a, as a, in, in one group. We could perhaps uh, separate a little bit so that uh, we're not quite uh, so... Yes, I, I figured that the two itchy people would probably, you know, separate themselves and Mr. Fraser might walk. But who gets company? Who gets uh, custody of Simon? Mr. Thompson, of course. <laughs> I will be trailing behind Maggie and the professor. <laughs> okay, because, waiting to get I, arrested. <laughs> uh, well, I'm assuming I'm either protecting the professor because he's my original protectee, or I could play off the part of being the American bodyguard of Miss Maggie all over from the States to tour around, and her aunt is watching out. Since all of you are going to take a look at the house, if you'd all like to give me spot hidden rolls, you can, just for the more Ooh. mundane purposes. The other thing that I would like to do while we're kind of strolling around uh, innocently is just take a wee look at this other um, this other garden. Um, just from its name, I'm thinking maybe it, there's a villa there and it's a private garden that's part of the villa or something like that. Um, whether it backs onto the property of um, the uh, this, this man Focaccia. I fail my spot hidden with a 77. Hmm. It's an extreme on the nose on a 12. Ooh. Fail on a 60. Fail on a 95. Got a hard success. 38 under 78. I think that's a hard success. Mm, yeah, should be. Just about on the nose. Uh, so for those of you who fail your spot hidden rolls, this, you know, neoclassical man's looks stunning as all the rest of them do around here it looks a little bit quieter than the rest there isn't um, as many scuttling staff and, and moving parts to it um, but the building is by no means in ruins um, or, or you know, hasn't seemingly visually depreciated um, for those of you who succeeded in your spot hidden rolls um, you would probably notice that you are sticking out quite a bit here socially well, you've probably seen quite a few upturned noses people who are 
moving in different directions when you get closer. And uh, when you get anywhere near two people having a conversation, the conversation probably pauses until you pass. Um, Mr. Fraser, having have a hard spot hidden role, he would take all of that in socially and visually, but then also get a sense, at least visual sense, that you just feel something in your bones that no one's home. That house. No one's home. You can tell. It's, it's not just that the curtains are the way they are. It's that there's no staff on the outside. It's that with a few pause, few pauses in your or slowing in your stride to, to look at the house for the second or third time, there's no staff moving anywhere near the windows. Hmm. That there's no gardener in back. There are hedges here that could certainly be tended, but they're not. I will whisper this to uh, her ladyship as uh, as we stroll. It does not seem that uh, there is uh, anybody in residence, your ladyship. I can see no comings and goings at all. Well, that's a bit suspicious, wouldn't you say? Yeah, indeed it is. Unless he has a, a some other uh, apartment or something somewhere else. I rather think that uh, a little investigation of the uh, the residence itself in might be in order. Quite how one affects that with uh, the, this number of people around, I'm not quite sure. Well, we don't all have to investigate, now do we? Some of us can be a distraction. Glancing slightly back over at Maggie and Richard. Indeed. Indeed, yes. Does Richard get anything more for his extreme? You're very concerned about the sight lines here. Uh, you're concerned because just by looking at the property and getting the angle that you have on it, walking with Maggie, uh, it looks like there are other houses behind this. That Maybe there is a small forest area. Forest is a strong word. Maybe a small garden area literally in between some of these houses. And that there are properties and people in those spaces as well. And so you're a little concerned about who else might see you uh, depending on how close you get to the house. I think this one might be a little tricky. Um, do we see any cafes or anything around? Not a single one, actually. Uh, in this garden area, there are no cafes nearby. This is a residential space. It looks like maybe there's one down the street a bit, but it would probably take you out of line of sight of the house. I, I mean, I suppose we could walk up to the door and uh, see if anybody's in or see if the door's open, perhaps. Well, what do you think, Maggie? That, that does seem reasonable. If someone does come to the door, we can always pretend that we are looking for someone else and, they'll, oh, we must have the wrong door. And then we would know for sure. I think there's anybody in there at the minute, but um, it would be good to look around. Perhaps, um, perhaps they've stashed the mannequin there and we can uh, use this as an opportunity to uh, reappropriate it. Uh, yes, uh, that would be a f fine idea. Do you think that um, the others would 
be able to serve as a distraction? I will. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they should be able to. Whether they would or not, I don't know. Perhaps you could ask them nicely. They, they, they seem to respond a lot better to you than me. Well, I doubt that Lady Elizabeth would be for making a public scene. Um, but uh, perhaps Simon would. Would what? I'm back behind you again. Well, uh, we were uh, considering going up to the house and having a look around, but with so many people around, um, we wouldn't want to be seen, so we thought that um, maybe there could be a distraction. Miss Maggie, you're an American. Just walk up to the door and knock. No one would be surprised because you're an American. Uh, Yes, but I have the professor with me, and he's not American. But he also is wrapped around your finger, isn't he? Uh, well, it's more than just knocking on the door. We may have to sneak around the back or go in through a window. What? Do you want me to blow up the park or something? Ah, would you? <laughs> no, I would not, Professor. I was wondering if maybe a, I don't know, some sort of uh, distraction in the duck pond or something would be. Uh, I would certainly grab the attention of the locals um, for sufficient time for us to uh, uh, investigate the house. I'm not an expert in these things, but uh, we seem to stick out like a sore thumb, unfortunately. Why don't you just try go knocking first and see if the door is locked? I suppose so. It's a little mundane, but uh, yes, sometimes simple is the best. They might even have tea inside. So, uh, Richard and Meg, you're going to go walk up and knock on the door? Yes. Uh, So you head across the gardens. past the flowers and the hedges here up the walk all the way to the front door it's a beautiful home it can't be understated in that regard Um, it's clear that the person who owns it and whomever had it built originally had a love for architecture and had a love for the classics as there are many uh, smaller statuary pieces along the break between the second and the third floor. They almost seem to look down on you as you approach the front door. These are artisans or perhaps uh, perhaps people of uh, perhaps uh, famous Italians or maybe members of the family. You're not quite sure. But you get a feeling like the house looks at you as a whole, the closer you get. I don't like this place, Richard. It creeps me out. Yes, it's um, some of the architecture in these older cities is uh, somewhat unnerving. Uh, Yes. Well, let's uh, let's just hurry up. Yes, yes, I think that would be wise. And now you'll walk a little faster up to the door and knock. There is a reasonably uh, appointed brass door knocker. You lift it and knock on the plate. 
There's a nice resounding sound through the door. A few seconds begin to tick by. Um, I will also try the door knob. If if doesn't sound, if I don't hear any footsteps, I might just try to jiggle it a little bit. It moves. Like when you go to with your your left finger and thumb move the handle just slightly. You feel it move. It's unlocked, Richard. Oh, good, come in. Um, b- before it looks suspicious. I open the door and walk in. <laughs> you head into the residence. It's as grand inside as it is outside. There's a beautiful receiving area, a foyer, uh, grand staircases immediately thereafter. But this is a cold and dead house. There are no lights on. There's not the faintest smell of a fire anywhere. The whole house feels cold. I'm peculiar. Does it seem like anyone's been living here? Mm, it seems like people have been living here, at least recently, but there's no traffic. You don't hear uh, footsteps of servants or the call or, or uh, discussions between staff that you would normally hear in a big house like this. Big houses, especially near the ground level where the front door is, are fairly busy. And there's a lot going on. Um, so from what you see, no, it's, it's like everything's been pulled out. I would maybe even call out um, because I would rather be caught now rather than later and be better able to explain it away. So I would probably call out, hello, is anyone home? What are you doing? Well, it, I, I figure if there's someone home, we can explain ourselves here after walking in. We could say there was some emergency, but um, if they caught us later, then we would be, it'd be harder to explain ourselves. But it sounds like it, no one is home. I suppose you're right. Um, well, should we quickly look for this mannequin? I mean, if somebody is going to return, it makes sense for us to get on with it before they do. Yes, let's let's hurry. Right. Where would you put a mannequin? Any anywhere, I I suppose. Yes, I, I've never had one myself. Some sort of dressing room, or okay. Where do you think you'll start? Or maybe the basement, if there was if there was some sort of, um, I don't know, strange occult activity. I, uh, I don't know, the basement seems like a, perhaps a place to start. I don't know. Really? Yes, we can try to find the stairs that go downstairs. Okay. Yeah, they're not hard to find. Uh, you guys find the stairs and uh, prepare to head into the basement. Are there any lights that we could light? Oh, certainly. Yeah, certainly. There are lights. Yep. It's a nice house. It's got, we'll say that there is a, at least a single bulb downstairs that you can uh, light up as necessary. Okay. If there were any lanterns or candles or anything too, we might take them. But if we if we needed to see, but. Yeah, there's probably candles should you so choose. But um, the basement is pretty wide ranging, although... It's not as big as the uh, upper portions of the house. There's a lot of stuff in storage here. Uh, there's an awful lot of um, press clippings, newspaper clippings, uh, magazines here. A lot of local stuff from probably the past 10 years. Uh, stuff surrounding the opera. 
And then also there's a fair amount of stuff concerning the war and kind of how uh, Italy fared in it. Unfortunately, it's all written in Italian. And so unless you're fairly fluent in it, it's going to be difficult to make out. Richard, um, when we were at the theater before, you could see the trail with the device. Um, I, I know that it was quite taxing for you, but maybe just a quick peek and we could see a residue or where it's at. Yes, yes, I think, yes, what a, what a splendid idea. There's nobody here either. Um, so Richard will uh, reach into his pocket and uh, pull it out. All right, Richard, you know how this works. You pop it on your face. What lenses will you be using? Ooh, um, so I think looking at things at a large scale, so it has to be blue, and I'm going to go for green as well. Fascinating. You've keyed in on that green lens a couple of times. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Um, so, uh, power roll was? Um, a rather disappointing 97. Hmm. Power's not that high. Not yet, anyway. So, Professor, I'm going to spend a hand of fate for you and allow you to reroll. Ooh. Thank you, hand of fate. That was the lucky green die as well. Lucky. That's better. That's a 60. All right, very well. Um, so a couple of things as the patterns begin to swirl up for you. Really, the first thing you start seeing now is the weave. You begin seeing threads immediately as soon as the device activates. And there were, at one point in time, a whole lot of threads here. But it's as if the entire heart of the house has been gutted. It's for the first time, really, you see threads removed. Like someone's chopped them out with a pair of, well, a pair of scissors. Well, Maggie, the, 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 the strange thing about this is the complete absence of anything. I mean, it seems almost deficient compared to normal. It's, it's very unusual. Your vision costs you two points of magic. That is strange. So you don't see any trail or anything of the mannequin? Um, um, well, let me, let me, so Richard will just do sort of a 360 and see if he can see any kind of stronger pattern in a particular direction. Your vision swims when you turn and you see a average sized man hauling a woman down the stairs here. There's a ghostly apparition that comes along with it. It's almost faded aura and they come directly here into the basement and he sits her down at this chair here and he begins having a very stern talk with her uh, and you can tell somewhat distinctly Richard that she is tied wrist to wrist uh, you know this woman you've seen her before you saw her on the train He begins placing bottles on the desk nearby. 
and you see him begin almost in this rather scientific way, begin concocting something in a shared bottle. And he whips it with a, almost looks like a tongue depressor. And he creates a paste. And he takes this paste in his hand and he rubs it back and forth and creates like a equal measure on both his hand, his left and his right hand. And he places those hands around her neck. And you see the threads in the area explode as she screams without a sound. And ever so slightly, each one of his fingers reach into her throat. And he extracts something. And he takes this glowing, almost, I mean, it's barely bigger than a, a young plum. And he takes it and covers it in this same sort of viscera that has covered his hands. And he puts it into his throat. And the vision fades seen something terrible I'm afraid um, Simon's hypothesis appears to be right if what I've seen is true she was here and yes it's horrible he reached into her neck and pulled her her voice box out and placed it in his neck very strange. Um, yes, that is strange. Well, it's hardly normal. Well, I, I do wonder what, or if anything, the mannequin has to do about it. But he he seem he has to have gained this ability some way. The, the 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 amount of power I think involved with this was was incredible. I mean, I've I've never seen the the these 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 threads and colors behave quite the same. And even now, I think something else was at work. As I say, there was a uh, there is well as I see it now, a complete absence of of any of this um this this these threads and and I something something very powerful I think has gone on here. I, I certainly can't explain it. And, yeah, so it would not surprise me if the, the, the this mannequin or whatever it is has, has been involved. It, uh, I don't know. There's no reason, but just just by, by I don't know, by, by coincidence or, or power, um, we, we've, we've not seen anything quite like this. It's just, just wittering away. Well, while he does witter, Richard, would you give me a sanity roll first for seeing such a scene? waiting for that. Uh, ooh, that's a fail. 65 over 51. Wonderful. Um, so I do take five sanity from you in this regard. Ouch. And Richard now you're going to make me intelligence roll. <laughs> or more appropriately, you're going to fail an intelligence roll, hopefully. 
but we'll see what happens. 69. And your intelligence is, what, 65? Uh, 60. 60. Okay. Uh, so, it is a horrific event, but you in your mind figure, well, uh, you come to a very quick rationalization of, well, uh, of course that's what's happened. That that makes sense. We're not certain surely how he does it, but but he had some sort of alchemical method of doing this processing. So you immediately latch on to something even close to a shred of science. And so uh, p- perhaps he's uh, found some some uh, medicinal way to uh, to help ease the transfer of organs from one body to another. That That must be it. That must be it. And that's probably what you begin to to witter a bit into. Well, and this is, after all, another reality. It's not happening now, so... This may just be my perception of things. Are you two doing anything else in the house? Richard will take the device off at this point. He's seen enough. Uh, Well, do you think that the... The mannequin is has been moved then, or is is not here at all. I, I don't think it's here at all. I mean, and I don't know why somebody would move it from the basement to somewhere else. Um, but perhaps we can find some hint or trail as to where where they may be now. Um, perhaps there's a I don't know an envelope with an address on for another building or, or something like that. Oh yes. Well, let's uh, look up. Look around on the main floor and see if we can find anything. Yes. This one lead the way. Richard's shaking a little. So a search of the main floor of the building doesn't really resolve much. There aren't uh, many pieces of mail. There's no papers here at all. Um, it's as if for about a week or so, no one's been here. Uh, so I'll, I'll save you the spot hidden rolls in that regard. Uh, what you have in total is a roughly empty house with visions of something horrible that happened in its basement. Uh, well. I feel like we should get out of here. This, I don't like this place. No. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, perhaps Simon or or the others will have an idea as to where we can look now. I uh, maybe maybe one of the the people they've spoken to will have an idea as to where they could be. They certainly aren't here. All right. Well, with that, I'm going to call this episode to a close. So, thank you so much for joining us in our finale series in Milan. We'll continue next week. <laughs>